What's up, Los Angeles? What's up, Ramley? Welcome to the Ram Skinny. I'm your co-host, Ryan Darrow, joined as always by the main man himself, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. And it is a victory Monday coming at you a, a, a little bit of a, a heart pump, if you will, after a 23 to nothing start for the Rams against the Colts. Go to overtime, but they get the dub. They move back to two and two and a lot to get into for a quick episode here for you guys. But uh, first, as always, my man, Skinny T. What's up, brother? How are we doing? Happy Monday. I'm doing fantastic. Have you ever uh, been in the situation where you've just slammed on the brakes in a car and then you have to continue to drive after that? That's how this game kind of felt to me, where it just felt like, you know, you're a little jittery, a little jumpy. You didn't know, you know, like constantly checking everything around you just to make sure that uh, you're everything's just uh, intact still. That's how this game came across to me as just a in, insane, um, uh, you know, all, all sorts of emotions. You know, our one of our uh, Rams writers, Chauncey, you know, I, I, I told him last night he did a great job in his article. Go check it out on uh, mm-hmm. uh, lafbnetwork.com. Uh, um, but he, he encapsulates a lot of the fans' emotions and not a lot of words. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of emotions coming out of this game for all those fans out there. Oh, hundred percent. You know, I was in, in Denver. I was out there covering the USC Colorado game, as you know, and so on Sunday, we were leaving Sunday afternoon to come back here. The game, the Rams game, obviously was a morning game, but being in Denver, it wasn't one of the local games. The Broncos played the morning. So I wasn't able to watch it live. Um, I have just so everyone knows I have now watched it since I have NFL plus. So I'm up to date. So I'm not just going to be talking out of my, my butt here, but uh, I remember texting you and like, Oh, this Rams are looking great. 23, nothing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, what happened in the second half? It's we're going to overtime. What happened? So it's, it's going to be fun to talk through this roller coaster. Um, as they get into it. So real quick, let's start the show off. Talk about our newest sponsor, Prize Picks. A lot of fun, guys. You got to head to prizepicks.com or download the app Prize Picks. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB. It's going to uh, they're going to match your deposit up to 100 bucks. So you put 100 bucks in, they're going to give you 100 free dollars to play with. You put 50, they give you 50 all down the line. And basically you it's kind of like a a fantasy style game where you pick a certain number of players Two is the minimum you can pick. You can choose. I, I, I've got up to, I think, seven. I don't know. You can probably keep going even more than that. And basically, they give you kind of an over-under stat of that. So Stafford, over-under, two and a half touchdowns. You pick that, and you stack those up with other players. You can win money. It's a lot of fun. So prizepicks.com or download the app in uh, the App Store or Google Play. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB. It helps us out and also gets you free money. RAMSLAFB at Prize Picks. Go play. Have some fun. All right, Skinny. So. Let me just ask you this off the top, and then we'll get into some stats and, and all that fun stuff. But just you kind of said, you know, it was a roller coaster, but just your initial thoughts of this game and this Rams team overall when it ended with the victory. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, yet again, Matthew Stafford is proving he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he was hurt um, in the in Sean McVay's post game press conference. He. Uh, said as much he said he was he, he said you guys could tell you're watching him he's limited yep. that's that's the word he used uh sean mcveigh always uh holds his cards close to his vest um but on that one he kind of let it slip a little bit that matthew stafford was hurting and it you know i'm no doctor but that limp did, did not look good um yeah you know he was limping any anytime he wasn't actively uh playing every anytime he wasn't actively in the game he was limping around wearing the the heat belt so but i think uh you know his heroics paid off uh in overtime he wanted to end it on that drive it looked like and they scored the touchdown 
uh, Pukunuku's very first touchdown. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of takeaways from that, this game, but I think the main one for me is just Matthew Stafford, uh, golden boy, hero quarterback once again. Uh, he's he showed it. He showed it in the past, but um, you know that that's got to be that's got to be my takeaway. What about you? Yeah, I mean that's definitely one of them. Is like put some respect in this guy's name, playing unbelievable lights out, putting the team on his back. You know, still makes sometimes those throws like the the pick where it was you know kind of forcing something in there. But honestly, he had two too open. Just kind of threw it a little bit behind him on that one interception. But but some of these throws he was making, man, were just unreal. And you're like, that's vintage Stafford. And he still has one of the best arms in football. And it just shows how disrespectful, how unknowledgeable, whatever you want to call it, all these people in the offseason basically not just counting the Rams out, but basically saying Stafford's career was done and was a bottom bottom NFC quarterback, let alone league. And he's just proving that he really is at peak performance and his arm looks the best. I've it almost looks the best I've seen since he's been in LA, even almost more than that Super Bowl run. I mean his arm looks absolutely great. And yeah, it's uh McVay came out t- today and said it's a hip pointer uh, is what he has, but he says he should be good to go. So, you know, he's going to play through the plane, pay through the pain as he's a gutsy guy. You know, my outside of him, my big takeaway is just this Rams seems just fun as hell to watch. I, I think uh, when you, when you, you lower the expectations a little bit, like everyone did for this Rams team. And, and then you just watch kind of the way they're playing the style of football. They're playing the togetherness they have that just was not there last year. And this, this kind of we and us versus the world uh, mentality. And it's just fun. And I know they obviously, you know, let Indy back in this game, which is, which we'll get into and is never something you want to do, but good teams overcome that adversity and end up winning the game. We saw Chicago yesterday have a 28 to seven lead over the Broncos. Broncos came roaring back and the Broncos won that game. Well, that could have happened in this one, but they didn't because the Rams were the better football team and they faced that adversity head on and you know, ended up winning that game. Helps when you get the ball first in overtime and, and you're able to move down the field like that. But um, yeah, so I think a lot of stuff that we'll get into, but my big takeaway is this, this is just a fun football team right now. And, and, you know, they're two and two. They should be three and one, in my opinion, and they could be four and zero. Oh, but they're a two and two football team, and I think they're they're definitely a force to be reckoned with, and the league's taking notice. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't know if you counted up the uh, rushing attempts totals, but even in the uh, first oh, I was going to get to it. <laughs> I was going to get to it. Thirty-four, baby, thirty-four rushes. Let's go. Yeah, and I think even thirty uh, in regulation as well. So uh, everybody's appeased on that, and not only that, but it, a good good rushing attack as well against a good a good defensive line. Uh, you had Kyron Williams going for around four yards a carry, and 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 uh, um, Ronnie Rivers going for over five yards a carry. So um, you know, checking those boxes. Um, yeah, and I—I I mean, I think that first that first half experience when Stafford was healthy, uh, you know, we saw what this offense can can really look like. Um, and not only that, but we saw what this defense can look like. Um, the pass rush was getting home. Mm-hmm. I will say that um, uh, the Colts' offensive line was missing some significant pieces. Their left uh, tackle was out. Um, their mm-hmm. center was uh, still out with in concussion protocol. And then uh, Quentin Nelson was a bit banged up coming into this game. But then you saw, you know, uh, that defense adjust, send Aaron Donald off to the off to the uh, t- uh, nine technique and, and just, uh, you know, wreaking havoc all game. That was another big takeaway for me was Aaron Donald just making it happen on uh, on the defense for the Rams. 
great yeah. to see, you know, just being a terror. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like, it's like he's forgotten almost how good he is. And everyone kind of forgets, like, oh, yeah, it's still Aaron Donald. Like, the dude can still play, not just play, he's still the best defensive, probably lineman in football, for sure, the best interior defensive lineman. And, you know, sticking with the defense, you know, they said it on the broadcast, um, but something that goes unrecognized by kind of what Eric Henderson, the D line coach, and then obviously Raheem Morris calling the shots is some of these designed pass rush moves that kind of dictate what quarterbacks do. And there was a play particularly um, that they, they set on the call, but it basically was an inside pass rush move that Aaron Donald did forcing Anthony Richardson to the outside where Ernest Jones was playing that QB spy. And basically he just ran right into his lap and it was able to force the fourth down and just force him out of bounds. So it's those little nuances that Raheem Morris, Eric Henderson, all those guys, probably don't get the credit they deserve. Not probably they don't get the credit they deserve. Um, and it's those little things that I think they, they absolutely, we want to try to expose those more and not saying we know more than fans, but you know, when you try to study the film and really look at it, like it's a, it's a nice way to show like, okay, this is little things that this coaching staff is doing. They're not just playing this prevent soft shell defense. Like there's these little, little designs here that kind of dictate what the offense does. And I think that's fun to watch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could see it because heading into the game last week when we were previewing this, you know, I was worried about those edges, especially Michael Hoyt, yeah. and they compensated for that. Um, that's, you know, that with with uh, Aaron Donald playing out wide and uh, Ernest Jones kind of cleaning up. And, uh, you know, we've, we saw, you know, it, it could have been disastrous, uh, but Anthony Richardson did play a heck of a game, especially mm-hmm. uh, using his legs. And it's one of those things that the, the Rams defense did have to um, respect was is just his ability to, to pick up um, plays on the ground. But that was basically the first half was he was just having to make things, make things work. Um, and yeah, if I, yeah. just to piggyback on that real quick, if I'm a Colts fan, you got to be pretty excited about Anthony Richardson. Obviously the inconsistencies there as with, as is with most rookies, I think he've only finished with like 11 completions. Um, you can definitely see like, the arm talent, the size, the physicality, like even some of the decision-making was like really smart decision-making. Um, it's just the inconsistency, which is the case with most rookie quarterbacks. So um, but yeah, just a little tidbit. If you're a Colts fan, you should probably be excited. As long as the coaches don't screw him up, I think he's got a bright future um, for that franchise. And if you can get the, pick this guy up in fantasy, I mean, he, he was making yeah. plays with his legs, throwing touchdown passes. So just racking up uh, points with uh, Anthony Richardson there. Um, but, uh, you know, we saw him even outrun a guy, an athletic guy like Byron, uh, uh, Byron young on the edge, Mm -hmm. uh, and pretty, you know, pretty amazing talent, uh, you know, that they've got in in his rookie season. And hopefully Jim Mersey will, uh, put some, put some talent around him, get Jonathan Taylor back, helping him out and get some actual uh, wide receivers, uh, for him. But, um, yeah, uh. Uh, you know, heading into that second half, though, um, everything everything changed on that Matthew Stafford injury where he hurt his hip, really, and then threw an interception basically right after that. So I think that's when, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not sure on your take on this one, but I I don't blame um, McVay for getting a little bit uh, more conservative in his play calling because he knows that Stafford is, as he says, limited. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, like, what do you think, like, the the cause for the, the you know, 23 unanswered? And I, I think it's just one of those, you know, football 
And, you know, obviously you need to get over this and, and you don't want to let this happen against better teams, obviously, but you know, football is such a game of momentum. And, and you said it like when you're, when your leader, your quarterback gets that injury is not, not a mobile guy really anyway. And then he loses even more mobility. So then the Indianapolis knowing that is able to dial up the blitz a little bit more, dial up the rush, pin their ears back. And the only thing I would say that if I'm going to be overly critical of McVay is I thought it, I'd like that he still like was sticking to the run, pound on the rock. I mean, I dude, I could not be more thrilled. 34 rushes, 36 if you include Stafford's too. So, hey, it's over 30. I'm a happy, happy man. Kyron William looked great. Uh, uh, Ronnie Rivers honestly looked phenomenal too with the football. So it was a nice one-two punch. But there's a lot of times though still where they have these long developing pass routes, like just guys going too deep. I, I would have liked to seen a little bit more, maybe short stuff to take some of the pressure off of having Stafford stand in the pocket so long. Obviously there was some of that going on. They usually always have someone leaking out, whether it's a running back or whether it's a tight end. Um, but maybe just less of the intermediate to long routes and just maybe have it shorten the field a little bit. And Hey, if you're dinking and dumping and going three to four yards at a time, you're still moving the football a little bit and maybe still, you know, moving the clock because you're not letting the ball hit the turf. So overly critical. Maybe I would like to see a little bit more of that. Cause there were still a lot of instances where, you know, your quarterback's hurt and he's throwing these 14 yard routes, 17 yard routes, 12 yard routes. And it's like, you know, we can just do these little, little three yard dumps. I mean, Patty Mahomes is one of the best yards in football and they, they are the king of the little out route dumps to Kelsey and, and company out there. So, you know, don't be afraid to do that. That'd be my, my one critique, I guess, of that second half of the offensive play calling. You know, it's so interesting. And in, in LA, we have uh, two instances of, and, and, and both uh, head coaches are being criticized. Um, Justin Herbert, as you know, uh, you know, broke his finger in that game and um, Staley calls a, a QB sneak and he's getting criticized for being too aggressive with his injured quarterback. And, and McVay is getting criticized for not being aggressive enough with his injured quarterback. And I think you're right about, you know, shorter passes because, you know, as a quarterback, a lot of your power does come from your hips, uh, being able to turn those and twist those and get some get some torque on that ball and, and, and chuck it down, which just goes to show you how impressive that uh, last drive was uh, in overtime and some of those deeper passes that uh, Stafford was throwing is you, you got to use your legs and your hips to that's where all your power is generated. So, um, you know, I don't I, I don't blame him for trying to trying to protect uh, the quarterback. And, uh, you know, just another shout out is uh, how well this kind of reconstructed offensive line with Dotson uh, sliding in a, at guard yeah. and, and note boom playing um, left tackle for Alaric Jackson. Um, I think, you know, considering what kind of like the revamp looked like with note boom out on the left tackle last year in certain circumstances, I think they did a fantastic job and, you know, making Ronnie rivers look like a, look like a, a star running back out there, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, no boom ended up with the the lowest grade on PFF for the entire offense mm -hmm. at a, at a 44 total offense of grade and a 34 in pass block and a 49 in run block. But it was probably still better than the other option that would have lined up out there. So that's kind of how you have to look at about. And then when you look at what they're able to get out of Kevin Dotson, the second highest graded player just after Puka Nakua had an 86 overall grade, wow. 60 point in pass block and 89.3 in run block. So I think they, you know, sometimes you pick your battles, right? Like you have to take the, the lesser of two evils and, you know, no boom. I think we've learned now is probably better inside. Uh, but 
he was going to be your best option at left tackle on the roster and knowing they had dots, you know, they signed in the off season late in training camp and obviously they saw a great output from him. So I, that was a masterful job of, of kind of shuffling stuff. And it just makes you feel good when Alaric Jackson's back, knowing that they have these, these, this versatility on this offensive line. And, you know, you, you still have Trim and Ankrum kind of in your back pocket too. They can kind of slide elsewhere. You have Brian Allen that can play center. If you want to slide Coleman Shelton over. So, this, this unit that seemed like it was going to be a weakness is really showing that it's actually, I wouldn't call it necessarily the strong point of the team, but definitely not a total liability like a lot of people thought. And and we talked, Skinny, a lot about how this is a very underrated defensive front in, in Indianapolis and, a, and a doesn't get as much credit as they deserve. And, you know, overall, I thought the Rams offensive line did a tremendous job against them. Yeah, 100%. And another huge day for Puka Nakua as well. There we go. Let's get to, let's get to Puka. Cooper Nakua. Cooper Nakua. He, well, it, you know, it's funny you bring it up because uh, Cooper is set to come back next week uh, if all, everything goes uh, correctly for him and his, uh, you know, hamstring recovery. Um, he's off IR. I, well, he's a, he's available to come off IR. I don't think they've. Yeah, uh, in that 21 day window. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see what this offense really looks like with both of those. Uh, I'm going to say it right now, I mean, they're Hall of Famers, right? <laughs> Just, That's it. Goats enshrine them in Canton already. Let me, uh, before we even get into Puka's amazing performance, let me just ask you this because obviously, you're I'm not saying I don't want this to come out the wrong way. Obviously, getting Cooper Cup back is going to be amazing. I mean, I still think when healthy is you know the top three receiver in all of football. Um, but we've seen, especially since Stafford's been here, and you could even say we've seen this with. Uh, Puka Nakua is he kind of you know targets in on one guy so will he and we'll get we'll get coach Rowan here for this question let's uh we, yeah. we have this new oh, policy yeah. here at the LA football network we have the the pop the pop in policy what's up baby tell me you were in here so I had to come say what's up oh will Kenny T what, what's going on there are you are you, you want to talk about it what's that you got a whole year that. that you did Oh, this is this is spark this is sparkling water. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. Turn your yeah, your uh, your mic's not connected, so turn that on while you're doing that. We're talking about Cooper Cup coming back, and so Pukanakua, will he? Like we've seen before with Stafford, that he keys in on one receiver, and you know when Cooper Cup and Robert Woods were here, it's like Robert Woods got no shine, and everyone was like, "What's going on?" And then he gets hurt. OBJ comes in, even OBJ wasn't super involved until that Super Bowl. So for both of you guys, what I was going to ask, and then I'll go to skinny T first and Alfred, you can jump in, but right. are we going to see, are we still going to see this greatness of Puka Nakua and then this Cooper cup is just going to like totally just take this offense to the next level. Or are we going to kind of see it almost scale back a little bit? It's going to be kind of the Cooper cup show and Puka Nakua is now just going to be a supplementary player. I mean, I hope that it's a, a, a good amount to Cooper cup, but what, um, Puka Nakua adds to this is it takes the pressure off of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, his usage last year, um, you know, was part of the reason he got injured last year. Um, yep. You know, and I, I, I think the same thing about uh, Nakua as well, which is they play such a physical brand of uh, in the slot passing game, and they're both uh, fighting for those extra yards that gets people hurt and that, and that's a hard, that's a hard life to live as a receiver. You're not catching stuff along the sidelines and just getting pushed out of bounds. You're getting hit by two, three guys at a time. Um, and so hopefully this will take the pressure off of Cooper and they can share some of that target share. I mean, Puka Nakua's 
uh, target share has been upwards of 40% in some games, and that's just too much. Um, you know, that that's another thing about Kyron Williams uh, getting help with Ronnie Rivers is he was getting all the handoffs, and that's just a lot of – that's a lot of hits. Uh, that's a lot of dings, and, and that adds up over a season. So, you know, this is good news come week, you know, 11, 12, uh, where – uh, we need these guys to uh, be performing. So, um, yeah, exactly. What do, you think, um, what do you think, Fred? The only issue I have is that Puka and Cooper Cup are both slot receivers, right? So it could be it could be a gift and a curse, right? And that means you have two awesome slots that you have two targets, and you could do a whole bunch of combinations. You could do a lot of rub routes. You could do a lot of shallows. You could do outs with a post. You could run NCAA route, which is still going into this day, which I think elevates the offense and opens up the run game uh, a little bit more. So if they put about that slot, I think it should work out 100%. Um, I don't see any reason why you will take the production off of Puka to feed Cooper. I think the production of uh, Puka makes Cooper's production better. You can't double-team two players, right? So you have to pick one. Now the Rams are in a situation where you have the game plan for two receivers. So I think the the production of one creates the production of the other, which is an excellent situation to be in because they're also in a very a kind of a tough position to be guarded because Sot is a little bit tougher because it's more interior and close to the line. So I think Cooper and Puka both being slots and then their production makes it – their one's production will make the other person's production a lot more better. So if you want to double team Cooper, Puka, go ahead and eat. If you want to double team Puka, Cooper, go ahead and eat. So I think it it's a good sign for the Rams offense, me personally. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that the big difference in this go around is, you know, with Robert Woods, Stafford was new, right? And so he, they, there's the stories of like the breakfast club with him and Cooper Cup, and they just built that connection and he just didn't have that Robert Woods. And then OBJ comes and well, he already has a connection with Cooper Cup. So it's like, he, that's his go-to guy. Whereas now, because Cooper Cup has been out, he's built a connection with Puka Nakua. So it's like they have, and they've had like the, the breakfast club too almost going on with them. So there's not a lack of rapport. Like he may have had in the past with other receivers. He has it now with both of them. And so now as, as Rose said, just like, dude, let these guys eat. That's just going to expand the playbook so much. And then like what you were saying, skinny, because my biggest concern is as great as Puka has been, like he's taking some shots and it's like, it's worrisome with the target share he's getting the, the amount of touches he's getting and just the shots he's taking, if he can sustain that over 17 games, and he's already been banged up with the oblique injuries. So now you can just take some of that off him and, and spread the ball more to someone like Cooper cup. And, and same with Cooper cup. I mean, obviously he's had an injury history the last couple of years. So now it's like, you don't got to give him 18 targets a game. You can give him seven to eight. You can give Puka seven to eight. You get two, two, you're four to five. And it's like, man, this offense is humming. Get your 30 carries a game. And still, like I always say, and this thing's looking great. Well, and, and you pointed out the 30 carries a game. Uh, one, these guys are going to create space for one another, so they're, they are going to get hit a little less, but they're both really willing blockers uh, for uh, wide receivers. So in the running game, um, that's when uh, this running game is really going to come together. They, they shifted what their, their philosophy was away from wide zone, mid zone, um, into gap, gap scheme runs, and we're seeing that uh, how that looks uh, with now that uh, Cam Akers is gone, and we're going to see what it really looks like with two uh, receivers that can just uh, just uh, uh, grade the road, as they say. 
Hey guys, I'm gonna go get ready for for our show. Uh, Skinny T, drop by if you got time. Once you're done, drop by. Come say hello. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks. Thanks, Skinny I'll T. I'll see you over there. there. I'll see you over right, at Detroit. Detroit. Pop drop. Right. Love it. Yeah. See, I'll be there in a minute. Well, great. Well, any uh, kind of final thoughts in this game? Again, 29-23. Uh, resilient. You know, it was just so fun to see this team how they you know looked so great in the first half. Got faced some adversity in the second half. You know, you're on the road still. Beautiful stadium out there, Lucas Oil, and you know facing that adversity, and you're able to to still finish the game late with a hobbled quarterback. So, just kind of your final final thoughts on this big win to get back to two and two. Two things, uh, you know, every week we've got questions, and every week we're getting answers. One of the answers that we're finding is Kobe Turner is a dude on the uh, defensive line, uh, rookie yes. uh, Kobe uh, Kobe Turner. Um, so really excited about that because it was a huge question coming in. Who's who's going to be those uh, two other guys in the uh, three four front? And um, he's he's looking like he's uh, taking steps forward. He's going to take that job. Um, and we got Eagles. We got the Eagles coming up. We'll do a full preview on that one. Uh, definitely one of the harder opponents that they'll face uh, so far. Uh, it was a good test in San Francisco, but this is not a divisional game. This is the you know, some more unknowns and uh, some great talent, but they haven't been playing their best ball. Their offense hasn't uh, been firing. So I think this is another um, chance to, as I said before, run run through the uh, legs of the giant. Nice. I like that. Um, yeah, you know, kind of three final points for me. One, I got to start with Coach McVay because we were, as everyone was, as rightfully so, very critical of him last game. Um, with what we thought was a very winnable game against the Bengals. We go see the Bengals now lose like 27 to three this week. So the Rams had that opportunity, had they kind of been put in a better situation. And I just thought overall called an absolute gem this last week and, and, you know, put his players in the right uh, place to succeed. Obviously with banged up Stafford, it kind of changes the, you know, the situation there in that second half and they stalled out obviously the entire second half, but we're able to get it done when it mattered in overtime. So uh, kudos to coach and Hey, I'm just going to say it again, 34 carries love seeing that. Let's keep it rolling. High efficient carries too. It wasn't even like they were getting two yards of carry, as you mentioned, like over four for each of them. So, and, and Kyron gets to the end zone twice on the ground, helping my fantasy team out. So um, loving that defensively, we haven't really talked about the secondary a ton skinny, but Akella Witherspoon and Darian Kendrick playing lights out. They're, they're actually playing, I think, two of the, the top efficiency-wise corners in all of football, which is impressive. So wow. just another example of, of you know Kendrick being in this system now as a young player improving. And then Akella Witherspoon, just a talented guy that sometimes is just wrong place, wrong time, right place, right time. And it seems like he's found his home in here, LA still at, what is he? 25, a young dude. And so, you know, it's early. We're four games in, but so far I thought he's, he's looked like a tremendous acquisition in this off season and a huge part of this defense and, and the Wiley vet outside of Aaron Donald on this defense at the ripe age of 25. Um, and then, and then finally, I, I want to give a shout out to, I think Bobby Brown is also a guy that we talked about a lot in the off season of really needing, this year, if, if Tutu Atwell was the guy in offense, this is make or break year. Bobby Brown was a guy in defense, and I think he's, you know, he's not exactly getting the shine from everyone yet, but I think he's played overall well. I think he graded out, again, PFF's not the Bible, but he graded out, I think, third overall um, for all defenders with an 82.9 grade uh, defensively on the defensive line. So, you know, able to get uh, involved somewhat. Well, didn't have a ton of, obviously, plays or whatever, but, you know, to get his one tackle in there and uh, and was able to be involved somewhat and, and do better and, and uh, excuse me, two tackles um, 
and then, you know, just improvement, which is what we want to see. So those are kind of my final three takeaways. Yeah. Just quick shout out also to Jordan Fuller, uh, just a really heads up play to rip that ball out, force a fumble. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, when healthy, he's, he's uh, one of the best players on this defense and um, you know, just another uh, late round guy, third, third round, fifth, fifth or sixth round guy, I think. Sixth uh, round. Yeah. Sixth round. Sixth um, round. So just another testament to uh, how great of a franchise uh, the Los Angeles Rams are at drafting these guys, Puka Nakua, you know, fifth rounder, you know, Jordan Fuller, you know, it's all, you know, Russ East, Russ East. Yeah. (laughs) Quentin Lake. All these guys are just these late rounders that are getting playing time and, and holding their own. Love to see it. 100%. So, so, um, well, if you got nothing else, say Rams get to two and two, um, there are definitely, I, let me ask you this question before I sign off. Cause I, I tweeted it out. Rams are two and two chargers are two and two. Who's the better two and two team right now in LA, in your opinion? Well, according to uh, Sumer sports, uh, 9% uh, jump for the, for the Rams in their playoff odds. They're somewhere around 35% uh, playoff odds right now. And they're not too far away from where the chargers are. They're also kind of in that 30 35, 38% uh, chances there. So it's a really close call, according to the analytics people. Um, You know, uh, the Chargers played a bad Raiders team with their backup quarterback and snuck out of town, um, kind of uh, uh, not not convincingly. Um, So, you know, everybody's – the Rams are trending up and the, the Chargers are trending down a little bit, I would say. I'm not getting ahead of myself, um, yeah, but uh, you know it's an NF. It's, it, this is the NFC. You know the, the Rams play in the NFC, and there's a lot more uh, wide open room there. So I'm just going to say right now I'm, I'm feeling better about the Rams getting into the playoffs than the Chargers. So what do you think? Yeah, what are your yeah you know when you look at just trajectory of where they're at. You know, you got to feel better about the Rams. Part of that, again, as we said, is just the expectations were so low and the expectations for the Chargers were kind of like, hey, this is a Super Bowl contending team, which I think they still are. Um, but when you just look at the competition, the AFC versus the NFC, and the tough thing with the Chargers, I think, though, I mean, you know, they've won two straight now, started 0-2, and, and everyone was, the sky is falling, and they've won two, and not convincingly, but hey, a win's a win. You're, you're back to 500. They go on the bye now. But the big thing with them, which obviously we're not going to get, this isn't a Chargers show, but, you know, already missing here four weeks in. Mike Williams done for the season. Austin Eckler hasn't played since week one. Corey Lindsley now, they're starting all-pro center out with a heart condition. Eric Kendricks hasn't played on defense. Um, they're banged up in the secondary. So it's like already their injuries are mounting. Donald Parham. Quarterback has one, one hand. Yeah, quarterback has a broken finger now on his non-throwing arm. So, you know, it's just like, man, they just can't catch a break with all this talent. And, and Joey Bosa didn't play in this game either. So they played this bad Raiders team, but it's like they're missing like five of their top starting quality players in this one. So uh, I think it's impressive. So they got out of a win and, and really dominated. They just kind of the game, I think was closer than they actually play, but either, I think both teams answer your question. I think right now I would feel better about the Rams just because of their situation in the NFC versus the chargers in the AFC. Yeah. Well, we've, we've only got another, uh, what, 13 weeks, 14 weeks of the NFL season to go. <laughs> so only, only, only. I love this. I love this sport, and this week was just an example of how weird and how fun um, the NFL is, especially this season. I totaled it up: twelve two and two teams in uh, heading into week five. So crazy, yeah, crazy. 
Yeah, it's wild. And and you have some one in one in three teams that are actually pretty good and competitive and can beat anyone. So a lot of fun. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us on the Rams skinny. We'll be back obviously later in the week to preview this Eggles game at SoFi skinny T with Brittany Betts and um, Paula Barantes will be down at SoFi doing a tailgate takeover. So we'll have more information on that. Should be a lot of fun, um, but we'll have another Rams skinny uh, preview for you here in a couple days, but for Ryan skinny T Anderson, I'm Ryan Dyard. Thanks Ramley for hanging out. Everyone have a blessed week. We'll talk to you all soon.